after his friends and his followers watched Jesus suffer through one of the most painful and difficult forms of death ever devised in the history of the world. It's hard for us to blame them for having some doubts. They had heard Jesus talk time and again about having to go through that kind of difficult, torturous death, and they had also heard him talk about coming back from it. But they, they couldn't bring themselves to believe it because it felt like it was too good to be true. And we're here this morning because it, it wasn't too good to be true. It was too good not to be true. God could not allow Jesus to go through what he went through. The, the love that compelled him to do whatever he could to rescue us from fear and sin and sorrow and death. God couldn't, couldn't let him go through all of that and not bring him back. I want us to read together about that first Easter morning in Matthew 28, starting in verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the tomb. Now look, there was a great earthquake, for an angel from the Lord came down from heaven. And coming to the stone, he rolled it away and sat on it. Now his face was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow. And the guards were so terrified of him that they shook with fear and became like dead men. But the angel, well, ignored them and said to the women, Don't be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here because he's been raised from the dead, just as he said. Come, see the place where they laid him. Now hurry, go and tell his disciples he's been raised from the dead. He's going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there. I've given the message to you. With great fear mixed with excitement, they hurried away from the tomb and ran to tell his disciples. They thought that was going to be their experience on Easter. But no. Jesus met them and greeted them. They came and grabbed his feet and worshipped him, thinking, I think, if they could hold on to him, he wouldn't have to go away. And then he said to them the same thing that the angel said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that I'm going into Galilee and they will see me there. When Matthew tells us this unexpected chapter of the story, we're, we're used to stories about heroes ending when they lose their lives for the sake of other people, but that's not how this story 
ends. That's not how this story goes. The focus is on witnessing. The focus is on seeing. In fact, did you notice how Matthew almost interrupted himself where he says they go, Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary, they're going to see the tomb. And then he says, now look. It's like it's happening right now. It's not like he's just talking about what they got to see. It's like he wants us to be able to see. And then he says this earthquake happened because an angel appeared. Now, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And when I read the word earthquake, I don't expect something good to come next. You know, I lived through the the big quake in 1989. But this time, this earthquake, it's bringing about something beyond our wildest dreams. And, and I love that the angel in front of these guards who've been paid to make sure that nobody sneaks in and takes Jesus' body away and then tells a fake story about Easter. Now, this is the real thing, and the guards are there to prove it. The, the angel, I feel like, is just kind of showing off just a little bit. Thunder moves the stone away and has this dramatic reveal that Jesus isn't there. And they don't know what to do with it. It doesn't make any sense to them. Because, brothers and sisters, we have celebrated Easter, most of us, so many times in our life. We think this is how the story had to go, but this doesn't make any sense. People who were crucified stayed dead. But not this time. And, and the angel says, after kind of showing off and trying to scare everybody, don't be afraid. You have nothing to be afraid of. Go and tell the disciples that they will see him. And and then I love the fact that they're they're going to do that. They're they're going to share the news of the very first Easter in in the history of the world that changes everything that's, that's gonna happen after it. Because the world has changed after this resurrection. It really is. We now live lives in a world where God has shown us that not only does he have the power to raise us from the dead, he's promised to. And our God always keeps his promises. And so while they're going to to share the gospel The full gospel, the gospel that doesn't just stop at the cross, but includes, embraces the hope and the goodness of the resurrection. They're going to get to share that story for the first time. And they're going to share it with Jesus' closest friends and followers who are heartbroken and heartsick, and they don't know if they can keep going. They're going to get to, to tell that story, but they haven't seen him yet. And then suddenly he's there. Not because he has to be, but because he wants to be. He's there. And they fall down and they hold on to him and and they worship him and they want that moment to last forever. Jesus says, "You you don't have to be afraid. Everything's new. But seriously, I need you to go tell the guys. So go go tell them that I'm going to be in in Galilee. And I I don't think that means a whole lot to us at first, other than it's a place name. But you know what it is to the the disciples? You know what it is to Jesus? 
It's home. Tell them to go home. I'm coming home. That's where they're going to see me. Now, I want you to notice something. Nobody in the story actually sees the resurrection. Nobody sees the moment when Jesus miraculously takes that first breath three days later. They don't get to see the resurrection, but they get to see him. The resurrection is a mystery. I would love it if, if it was some sort of scientific thing that we could logically explain and everybody all at once would look at that accounting of what happened and say, okay, you got me, you convinced me, but that's not how faith works. There's room for questions. There's room for doubt. There, there's room for people who want to believe to struggle to believe and say, I just wish I could have been there. I wish I could have seen Jesus take that first breath and get up himself and walk out of the tomb. But nobody got to see the resurrection. They got to experience the results of the resurrection. And I don't know about you, but if I have to choose between seeing the resurrection or getting to see glimpses and moments and encounters with the resurrected Jesus, I want to see him. I don't want to see the miracle. I want to see him. Now, here's the struggle. If you've still got your Bible open, or if you've got a Bible app, and you're still in Matthew 28, you're going to find that these, these women do go tell the disciples that they're going to see Jesus, that go back, back home and, and they'll encounter him, and they do. And while they're seeing him, in verse 17 it says, they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Wait, what? What do, you, what do you mean you saw him and you worshipped him, but you're still not sure? And yet, isn't, isn't that all of us? On this morning, we come here and we choose to believe against all odds that even though you and I, we weren't able to witness the resurrection, and even though we have these moments where we see Jesus, and we never get to see Jesus as clearly as we want to this side of heaven, we never get to hear his voice as much as we would choose to hear his voice. It's always something that's, that's coming and going. It's, we can't control it. The resurrected Jesus interacts with us in ways that I think sometimes make it difficult for us and often give us room for doubt. But what that means is if you're in this room this morning and you're just not sure, it's okay. Because we will see. If we haven't seen enough, if we haven't heard enough, if, if we don't understand it the way we want to, the promise of Easter is that our future is coming for us. God's future is coming for us. And we will see. You know, Easter means that, you know, we, we, have, to, we have to learn how to see things that we, 
we never really expected to see in our lifetimes. The disciples heard Jesus talk about coming back. I I just think they couldn't really bring themselves to trust that it was going to be something they were able to experience, they were able to see. And too often, I end up in my own faith journey deciding, you know, there's going to be some amazing things that take place in the future, but it's going to be so far in the future that I'm not sure how it's going to make a difference in my daily life now. But brothers and sisters, part of the struggle is if we're not open to seeing it, if we're not expecting to encounter the resurrected Jesus, our hearts could be closed off to it. And we'll think it's just some coincidence or we'll think it's just some feeling we had or that we're making it up. And there are all kinds of people in our world who will line up and tell us that we're hallucinating a resurrected Jesus. But I'm telling you, if we will learn how to expect that Jesus really did come back from the dead and he wants to bring us home, and that he's finding ways to give us strength along the way until we get home, if we can come to the place where we expect to see it, we will see it. Not everything we want to see, but we'll see enough. Not everything we would choose to hear, but we will hear his voice. And I want to come back to this idea of that earthquake that happens when the angel appears and rolls back the stone and how because of all that, everybody in that moment doesn't understand and is filled with fear about what's gonna come next. I I think when we come to it, what we have to admit is if Easter is true and brothers and sisters, I believe that it's true more than I believe anything else. If it's true, it means we don't know what's gonna happen next. And if you're anything like me, you like to know what's going to happen next. You like a little bit of sense of control. You like to know what, what to expect specifically so that you can be prepared. And you know what Jesus says to us when we want to control how the future is going to go and get ready for it so we can be prepared? Sorry. You're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to trust me. You know, Easter, I know it means a lot of things, and I know it helps us in a lot of different ways, but this morning I want to leave you with this idea that it helps us see the truth, that because God has the power to defeat the darkness of death, we are powerless to predict all of the earth-shaking goodness that's racing towards us. I don't like being powerless to predict Easter says, too bad. And why is it, Jared, that you always assume, if you can't predict it, that what's coming next is going to be worse? Man, you look at the state of our world at times. You look at, at some of the things that you and I have to face every single day and what we have to go through, and we get to the point where we feel like if it gets any worse, we don't, we don't know if we can keep going. And brothers and sisters, I realize there's always the potential that the forces of darkness that have been defeated but haven't completely stopped meddling with our lives, that those forces of darkness can at times cause us to not just have doubts about the resurrected Lord, but we start to have doubts about what kind of life we get to live, what kind of future we're going to have. And Easter reminds us to stop focusing so much on what could go wrong and start to realize what God has promised is going to be made right. 
all the people that we have loved and lost, all of the people that we would give anything to see again, brothers and sisters, we will see them again. We will. And and it's not just something that we're holding on to for the end of time. It's a goodness that starts to change all the time we have left from now until that moment. Because if our God is stronger than death itself, then yeah, there may be some complications in our future. There may be some struggles that we have to face. But God's goodness will always outshine any darkness we're dealing with. We cannot predict. I can't predict. You can't predict what's going to come next. Easter promises us it's going to be better than we can bring ourselves to believe. And so we have to choose to trust. That even if we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and even if we don't know exactly how it's going to feel, well, that Jesus is saying to all of us this morning, don't be afraid. You'll find me. You'll find me at home, and you'll find me at work. You might even find me at church. And you'll find me in the moments when you wish you didn't have to go through the difficulties that you're wrestling with. You'll find me in the moments when you realize that you have goodness in your life that you just don't deserve. You'll find me. So hold on. I will never forget. The evening when I watched my dad cry for the first time. His, his dad had been living with us for months and he had been fighting pancreatic cancer. And we didn't have enough bedrooms in our house for him to get his own bedroom so he slept in the same room that I did. And I remember all kinds of nights with, with my grandfather. And as he got sicker, he would sometimes have these coughing fits and he couldn't, he couldn't sleep through the night. And I've always been a worrier. And so I remember always asking, are you okay? And he'd say, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Why don't you come over here and give me a hug, and it'll take care of everything I'm dealing with. I remember when he asked my mom to take him in the backyard and shave his head because he was tired of hair falling into his food from the chemotherapy. And then he wore this fisherman's hat or whatever you call those things that just looked like a, a dishcloth on your head or something. And he'd find a way to joke with me in the midst of all that. He struggled with his faith, my grandfather. He said to me late one night when nobody else was awake, 
I wish I could believe the way your dad believes. I wish I could believe the way you believe. Do you think maybe you could believe for me? And I remember the evening when my dad came home and he sat on the couch and he just cried because his dad wasn't coming home. At least not to that house in San Jose. But his dad was going home. And it's a home that I hope to walk through the doorway of. And he's going to have his... He's going to be himself again. That's what Easter means. And why would we ever want to give that up? Because we can't understand it. Or we can't perfectly explain it. I don't want to live in a world without Easter. And the good news is, none of us have to. We're going to sing together now. And as we do, I hope that you are able to lean into that trust. That we live in a world where God has defeated the power and the darkness of death itself. And whatever is coming next, it's going to be good. Let's sing.